little bit of Japanese in my book, a little bit Italian. Ah, my... I'm Lou Baker. I'm the <laughs> language, language Lou Baker. She's language Lou Baker. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello, listeners. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I'm here to talk to you about anything and everything. Interesting, very interesting today, scandalous today, escandalo from the world of learning another language and here to dig into the scandals with me is my friend and co-host, the wonderful Lindsay Williams from Lindsay Does Languages. Hola, Lindsay. Oh, hola. We're doing that. <laughs> que tal? <laughs> well, let's see how long we can keep that one going. Uh, estoy muy bien, ¿y tú? Oh, perfecto. Sí, claro que sí. Estoy muy bien también. Gracias. Ah, ¿cómo está la vía en Milton Quinzo? <laughs> Siempre. <laughs> Siempre me preguntas eso y siempre la respuesta es muy bien. Muy bien. Sí. ¿Qué pasa de nuevo con tu idiomas recientemente? Oh. That's not a word. Recientemente. Recient sí. Oh, okay. Recientemente. Do you want me to answer? Keep going. Sure. Bilingual episode. Bish bosh bosh. What's going on with my languages lately? Um, Routine, I think, is is the key thing that's Ooh, been happening. Routine. Kind of in September, Ashley goes back to school, you know, to work. It's a little bit normal, at least at the moment, you know, it kind of at least in time time frame. Um, so, yeah, my morning languages are back and I've just been focusing on getting the time back rather than the what. Does that make sense? Yeah. Rather than being like, boom, I'm going to do it all and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do chapter seven page pages 36 to 42 today no none of that just okay this is the time what I'm I'm, I'm here I'm present with it what do I want to do today yeah and just seeing where that takes me each day and I've got to say August and September I mean as we are recording this we're just before women in language August mm. and September both have been like the months, haven't they? <laughs> it's it's good I, to get back into routines. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know. I mean, you know, calen calendarly wise, I know where 2020 ends, but it feels just <laughs> what a slog. What a so, slog. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Graham, Graham, Graham. Oh, Very well, much in the final final chunk, aren't we now? That's it. That's it. You have all you. You relaunching. Have I have I got this right? You are relaunching language stories while we all wait for the UK season. Oh, okay. Yeah. So one of the things we were going to do this year, this summer, and in the Easter holidays, in fact, which is when everything started and we couldn't, was record the UK series of language stories, which would have been season three. So we've had to put that on hold until 2021. Hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood and all of that, we'll be able to record live, you know, and meet people face to face then. If not, it maybe we'll have to do it as an online 
season, but we'll see what happens, mm-hmm. you know, fingers crossed. But yeah, in the meantime, something that, well, I say we've been working on, Ashley's been working on over the summer is um, getting language stories at this point, season one, onto Amazon Prime. Oh, that's so Yay. cool. Oh. Yeah. So-, <gasps> so I can watch it on my Amazon stick telly thing. Yeah. Yeah, if you've got Amazon Prime video, then you can watch it soon. Oh. I'm not sure if when this episode goes out, it will be up, but it will be very soon. All right, let's, let's break everybody's house at home. Alexa, <laughs> play language stories. I love it. Muchísimas <laughs> gracias. It does work with the Fluent Show, so we'll just see, like, if you are listening at home, or you maybe you're not, maybe you're listening in your car, no one's commuting anymore, it's 2020. But if you are listening at home, let me know if your Alexa just kicked off and played you language stories. <laughs> that would be that would be really fun. So Lindsay, today for you, I have a scandal, a scandalous story, an internet thriller, and uh, maybe a tragedy, a comedy. Lord knows what's going on, and a hot potato. It's all in one. How good is that? You know, I love a hot potato. Everybody loves a language hot potato. So we got that coming up. And also there's something that you posted this morning on social media and it got me inspired and actually made me think it's a great topic. So we're also going to talk about dabbling. That's what's coming up. Before that, I've got a few announcements slash messages. So let's get them out into the ether uh, on tape. digital tape let's make a file where we say these things (laughs) the first one is listeners if you're listening right now then i want to make you aware that i am starting the language habit toolkit live round on the 6th of october and it is open right now so if you're interested in the language habit toolkit you haven't been able to purchase it in september it was closed it was under construction that was me trying to make a construction noise There you go. It's been under construction. There's been hammering. Uh, there's been uploading. There's been designing. There's been planning in the background. And I'm running a little live round. Lots of exciting things are going to happen. You'll be able to ask me questions. If you already have a language habit toolkit, you're automatically in. But if you want to join it and really get your September, October started right. <laughs> who knows anymore? Who knows anymore? <laughs> Build that language learning routine and get that habit going forever so that you can learn languages even if you don't even know what date it is, like I do. Still keep going with learning languages. Just make it part of your life and chill out while becoming fluent. That's my idea. Don't be stressed out. Let's be chilled out. That's what Language Hub Toolkit's going to teach you. And this live round is kicking off. I'm really, really excited. I've got uh, lots of plans so there's going to be lots of interaction and just a way of reviving and kicking up that language course that I have had for a long time in a gear so if you're a member please check your email please check your membership area if you're not a member yet please come and join us in the language how we talk it live it's going to be a lot of fun there'll be live training loads and loads and loads of stuff also I need to give a thank you. And as always, if you're a Patreon member, I'm going to issue you a special discount for Language Habit Toolkit Live if you're not in it already. You know, if you quickly join the Patreon now, you might be able to just take advantage of that voucher. But that's not the only reason to join the Patreon is because you are supporting the Fluent Show. You're keeping us going. You're showing us that you are interested in the Fluent Show, interested in language learning, podcasting. And it's just such a pleasure. Plus, if you've got a question... Like I've got one coming up, I think next week. Uh, Your question is going to get 
question answer priority and sometimes that can make a difference of a whole year so if you want a quick answer on the fluent show for your question it might be worth just joining the patreon that is at patreon.com slash fluent show one more thank you has to be sent out and Lindsay, you know the name of our wonderful sponsor go on it's Yabla. It's always ah. Yabla. Yeah, they've been with us for a while now. So listeners, if you've been under a rock or this chaotic episode is the first episode where you've joined, welcome. Oh my God, it's so nice to have you. And also, have you heard of Yabla? It is an online video platform where you can find videos if you're a learner of Spanish, Italian, French, German, English or Mandarin Chinese. So I'm watching the Mandarin Chinese videos at the moment. It's a very souped up, I don't know, it's like a souped up curated YouTube without the distraction, without the adverts, of course, with lots and lots of clickable subtitles. It does a lot of really cool things and gives you a chance to really work with videos. So you can work on your listening comprehension, but you can work on even more than that because the way I use it, for example, is you can study up on the vocab and then look all the vocab up beforehand, kind of work with what they've got there, then watch the video. And what you are hearing, the new words that you're hearing are coming at you in context. And that's really, really cool. It's kind of a way of studying vocab and then making yourself hear it straight away. I love it. I'm a big, big fan of Yabla. You can get a 15-day free trial because it costs money, but not with me, not for the first 15 days at yabla.com slash fluent show. So it's all slash fluent show out there. Yeah, I think I've got my list sorted out. So yabla, Patreon, and do join the Language Habit Toolkit live if you want a bit of a boost and a bit of community and just a lot of fun in October with your language learning routine, especially if you're feeling a bit underperforming or something you're starting to feel bad about yourself i've got you i've got you i'm going to give you a i don't know pep talk every single day that is what i'm doing this for anything else any other announcements before we get into the scandal i don't think so i'm very much ready for the scandal <laughs> very much ready for the scandal okay i'm going to start this by telling you my husband sent me this tweet and this is one of those tweets that, you know, people send you sometimes on Twitter and they go, you like languages, here's something language related. But as I read this, it was, it was a good one. It was a good one. It's been, it's been retweeted three and a half thousand times. So this is, this is a story. And the person who tweeted this is a lady called Robin Spear. And she is, according, according to her bio she's a scientist and she also knows a lot about nlp so this is a person who knows about languages this is a linguist and here's what she says almost every article on scott's wikipedia is written by one american teenager mm -hmm. who, who does not speak scots right and is just writing english in an in inverted commas accent okay if you have a multilingual language model, I guess she means linguistic research, linguistics research. Uh -huh. You're a resident scientist, MA lady at the moment. Uh -huh. This fakery might be your entire training data for Scots. Wow. <laughs> That's what she says. That is what she says. And uh, I don't know. 
this is this is the description and then later on she kind of she qualified her statement you know she came back and she said you know teenager might be a exaggerated exaggerated description but this was first brought up on reddit reddit that you know there was a very very long article on reddit where somebody explained what's been happening there that essentially the wikipedia um the wikipedia entry records you know when you are when you are what is it called when you're editing wikipedia Mm. it shows kind of who's been editing the Wikipedia um, and it just kind of showed, oh, this is just one user who's been essentially doing all of that stuff. So the person, you know, there's been a bit of like chaos around all of this and it certainly isn't necessarily the person's, the person isn't necessarily like a bad person with bad intentions towards the Scottish language, the Scott language, Scots language, but it's just, it's crazy. And it says they misuse common elements of Scots that are even regularly found in Scots English, like sign and an or. They invent words which look like phonetically written English words spoken in a Scottish accent, like no, K-N-A-W, um, instead of ken, and save instead of hein, and moost instead of mon, which for me, I'm just like mm. lost, 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 but you're, mm. a, you're a Scots lady. Yeah, uh, it says. Yeah. Scots grammar is simply not used and there are only Scots words inserted at random into English. Interesting. Two things. I have two big things. There's a lot to unpack there. Okay. <laughs> I know, sorry, it was a lot. No, yeah, yeah. The first thing is, do we know, has it been in all of this thread or anything about the person and how much we know about them? Like, do they have, Is just because they're American doesn't mean that they don't, how do we know they don't speak Scots? I think I think we know they don't speak Scots by the way that they haven't used Scots. By the way it's used. Okay. Yes, exactly. So second they have second thing. They haven't that, actually used Scots words. The the Lexus is wrong, like right, it, right. the grammar isn't right. The grammar is standard English grammar and it's done in an accent. Okay. Is the accusation. So the second thing I'm thinking is, do you know the second biggest Wikipedia in terms of articles, in terms of, you know, different languages? Oh, I recently switched around between all the different Wikipedias. Is it Spanish? Okay, I have a feeling, if I remember rightly, at least at the time when I saw this last, I have a feeling it's Cebuano, which ah, is a language yeah. okay. from the Philippines. Have you heard about this? I have not, no. Okay. So basically, a lot of Wikipedias are a lot, like, especially in languages where there's less speakers or less people perhaps, you know, willing to contribute to Wikipedia and edit and stuff like that. A lot of them, <laughs> I don't mean a lot, some of them, I should say, um, are basically machine translations that just work through, you know, oh, on a computer yeah. automatically, like a bot translating from one language to another and then creating a whole page. So people have created like programs, I guess you could call them, or software that will do this for Wikipedia. So I think that's why Cebuano, if I recall rightly, is so big, has such a big Wikipedia page, even though, you know, it's not even, it's not the the widely widest spoken language in the Philippines where it is spoken, right? But it has the second biggest Wikipedia in terms of pages and articles. Isn't that interesting? It's it's amazing that there's a machine translation. I get I, I don't know. Like are you 
it's that machine translation discussion again, isn't it? Is uh, mm. is machine translation that just churns out marginally dodgy Cebuano better or worse than if there wasn't any? Well, is Cebuano I endangered? Is it or is it a kind of is it doing well? I I could be wrong. I don't think it's endangered. Um, I could be wrong. I have a feeling there's maybe like a million speakers minimum. But please do write in and, and correct me on that. But <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not even sure if this is still the case. I know that the last time I was looking into this, it was. And I do think Wikipedia is such a great resource for language learners because there is stuff there that's written and especially like I found for Guarani, there's like 3,000 pages there that, you know, it's really hard to find stuff to read in Guarani if I'm just wanting to grab something quickly online. So Wikipedia proved then to be really, really useful. I do. I wonder though, this Scots thing, I feel like there's more to it. Mm. Is this, is it recent? Is it like... It's recent. It's recent. It's this year. Mm. I think it happened in August that the original Reddit post was made. Um, and what the original Reddit poster, so this is Reddit user U-L-T-A-C-H, Altach, Altach. Um, and they're saying, they really went into a lot of detail. So I'm going to link it in the show notes as well, the, the whole Reddit post and the you know, resulting discussion, which isn't short. It says, you know, there was something a little bit about the attitude of the person that certain people did message them and say, or like did comment in the Wikipedia back end, you know, mm. behind the scenes and say, um, I'm a genuine Scots speaker. You're what you're using there is badly spelled English masquerading as Scots. You're not using actual Scots. Um, and they sort of went, well, I mean, I, yes, I'm an American, but I know a lot of native speakers, um, which is like, What's a native speaker of Scots anyway, right? Um, but what they say there, this, this is going to sound incredibly hyperbolic and hysterical. But I think this person has possibly done more damage to the Scots language than anyone else in history. They engaged in cultural vandalism on a hitherto unprecedented scale. Wikipedia is one of the most visited websites in the world. Potentially tens of millions of people now think that Scots is a horribly mang mangled rendering of English. I mean... A lot of people thought that beforehand anyway, rather than being, it's like how people think Welsh has no vowels, rather than being a language or a dialect of its own. All because they were exposed to a mangled rendering of English being called Scots by this person and this person alone. Okay, okay, okay. That is too far because I think that who with that attitude, like you say, a lot of people would think that beforehand, right? And I would disagree with them personally, but of those people, are they really going to go and look at Scots Wikipedia? Probably not. The people that are going to look at Scots Wikipedia are the people that have looked at it and identified, hang on a minute, this isn't Scots. The people that actually have more of a vested interest in the language for one reason or another. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if they've already found it and they've already acknowledged like, wait a minute, this isn't right, it's editable. So, and I know, I know that's not like the short answer, but at least, at least it can be rectified and I know it's time <laughs> and it's voluntary and all of that but I think yeah that maybe is a little bit of an extreme response like you say people thought that before so surely there's been damage done previously there to what extent do you think this is <clears throat> okay two questions to what extent do you mm. think this is extra damaging because Scots is minority small possibly in danger 
And to what extent is that the only reason this could have ever happened? What do you mean the only reason it could have happened? You you couldn't have somebody writing a whole Wikipedia in German and going, this is German. Right, 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 right. But I could go and write more than <laughs> Frankish Wikipedia. And it would, mm. it would not, this is the thing, this is the weird thing. It's like, if I went to write Moselfränkisch, which um, listeners who don't know, this is my, it's, it's a, a dialect, a very strong German-based dialect, which is my native German variant. Um, I'm a native German speaker. I speak Hochdeutsch, but I also speak Moselfränkisch, or at least understand Moselfränkisch. And um, if I was to go and write Moselfränkisch Wikipedia, there is no written standard. Right, but yeah. Scott seems to have a written. Scott standard. does have a written standard. I mean, you can buy books, right? I've been in in foils in London. They've got like Harry Potter and stuff like that in Scots. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Which, if you're ever there, is the most fun to a visit and b look at the Harry Potter in Scots. But I, I kind of there's there's two there's two ways that I see this. The first is now we're talking about Scots, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of attitude of, well, there's no such thing as bad press, all, all, all of that, right? Oh, interesting perspective. Right? So, that, so there's that perspective of, well, maybe this is actually un, unintentionally perhaps raising awareness of Scots and recognizing that, oh, so it's not just mangled English. You know, someone has gone and written this and that's not what it is. Okay. Maybe people would respect that now more who maybe didn't previously have that same level of respect for Scots. So there's that. Mm. But on the other hand, and, and also this, this idea that who owns language, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And who owns Wikipedia? To say like an American teenager, like mm-hmm. it, it, even just describing this person as those two words, you've as it comes back to what we talked about last time about labels, right? You're, you've, okay, you've now got preconceptions there. Okay, so they're American. That means they're not Scottish. They're a teenager. That means they're young and sat at home on their computer going, pa, 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 I'm writing Scotch Wikipedia. And neither of those <laughs> could be the full story of, of who this person is because we're more than just a couple of descriptors, a couple of adjectives and nouns, right, that describe who we are. So, so there's that side of it to me of like, well, who owns language? Where do you draw that line in terms of who would be allowed to have in in this sense, in Wikipedia sense, an authoritative voice of how language is and how it's formed? But then also, I think there does have to be a mark of respect with that. Like that's not to say, to say that who owns language doesn't then mean that, you know, I can go and write Wikipedia in Cebuano. I have no idea mm-hmm. how to even say hello in Cebuano, right? So and obviously I'm not going to do that. Do you think if there's I... a cultural appropriation issue happening oh, here? That's such a sticky topic, isn't it? I, I mean, yeah, but if like... I don't hmm. know if I... Hmm, I mean, it could be... I actually watched a video about this this morning. It's, it's good timing. And, and one of the things that the person in that video was saying is it depends on context and it depends on intent as to whether it's appropriation or appreciation. And I thought that's a really interesting perspective. And then they also said that 
<laughs> they, he said, she said, they said that they'd heard someone describe cultural appropriation like this, right? So it's like you get an F on the test and then someone copies your test and they get an A. So cultural appropriation, if, you know, if you think of, if we take a kind of example of say, um, a white person wearing a Native American headdress at Coachella or other music festivals are available, right? And such as Burning Man. <laughs> and 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 you know, typically it, previously that a Native American person who that headdress I don't want to say belongs to, but like where it originates, we could say, right? Where it originates from, mm. they may have quote unquote got an F in terms of they may have been treated badly and you know, not given the same level of respect, people see, ah, oh, you're wearing a headdress, therefore you're that type of person, therefore I'm going to treat you this way. And then when the white person does it at the music festival in 20, well, 2019 or 2021, then they're seen as like, oh, you're so cool and edgy. And then it makes the thing cool. So it's like, that feels more like there's a tricky like if you think of Adele right the you know that recent picture of Adele where she's talking about Notting Hill Carnival and she's wearing the Jamaican uh bikini top and she's got her hair in bantu knots I think is is the correct term I have Adele, not seen this I have not you seen haven't this. seen this oh okay. my gosh the internet is full of nope well Adele okay. I'm Adele that now okay yeah google it now and tell me what you think and I, I will I will be quiet while you do so hear your reaction oh okay so i googled it adele caribbean look and that worked okay <laughs> adele faces backlash for cultural appropriation i don't know looks all right to me looks like well looks like she's, she's, she's well and not yeah looks like she's dressed up to go to notting hill carnival we, and yeah. from someone who lived and grew up in tottenham and probably went to that carnival a lot in her lifetime i think that's coming from a place of appreciation and people you know you may be listening and have a different opinion on this that's why this is such a sticky hot such a hot potato oh, as we yeah. say on oh the God, we're on a side hot potato we're the on a hottest hot potato, potato. Side dish. We're, we're, we're all, we're all like the way in the chips here eating the hot potato someone brings out another platter like here you go have some hotter potatoes like oh thanks it's too hot <laughs> but, but like yeah absolutely you're welcome to disagree with me anyone on this because mm -hmm. it is it is like there's no ah, it is a real tricky one i think it for me the adele thing felt more like appreciation but i i i feel also like as a white person am i the person to make that judgment Okay. So coming back to the Scots thing and the Wikipedia, as a, well, half Scottish person, but as a non, not really Scottish person, you know, I've lived in England all my life and my Scottish side of my family, some of them live there, some of them live here. As a mostly English person, I would say, am I the person to make the judgment on this? Probably not. I can have an opinion on it and I can know where I fall down in terms of is it cultural appropriation is it cultural appropriation is it something else mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but maybe i'm not the one that gets that final judgment okay here's what i think about adele and our potato scots okay i think Go so on. with adele i think wearing a bikini 
a Jamaican bikini is cool. Wearing mm. a little um, carnival costume, thing that she's wearing there, is cool. The Bantu knots depends. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's more. Dif- it's fine in your back garden. It's more difficult if you're Adele and you put it on the internet because there right. is sensitivity around hair that is discussed and we know, right? Uh, so so but, maybe but, that's, that's the only thing where I'd think, okay, fine. Which if I was to translate that very badly into this thing that's happened with Wikipedia, mm. it's like the Scots heritage and attempt and intent to put something into, I think probably, I'm just going to guess now, this person who makes such an effort to put all of Wikipedia into into a, a language that that, that to me... Would I would imagine that they kind of at least they idolize Scots, right? They think a Scots is the best. You would think. I mean, it could be coming from a place of, oh, isn't this funny? Okay, but so that's my next. That's point, a lot is, of effort, right? But to you, as the speaker of Scots, especially given the fact that Scots does have a standard written variant. This can feel, and I'm going to lose my language rating here or whatever, I'm going to have to put explicit on this, but it, it'll feel like someone's taking a piss. Doesn't it feel a little yes. bit, especially because you're a minority variant of a language, and bearing in mind the Scots community in the UK probably gets a bit of stick every now and then, because every minority, we, we live in a, you know, English first, I'm much more familiar with what this looks like in Welsh, but... Mm. Accents in this country, accents alone get a lot of crap. Dialects get even more. So, uh, so something like the Scots language, I can imagine they're already having to fight and they already feel substandard for speaking it. And then somebody comes and just... It, it's not that person. I don't think it was that person's intent, but because it is minority and sensitive, it can feel to you like someone's totally taken the mick. Yeah, yeah. And and again, like you said about the hair with Adele, right? This is kind of the point where I got to with that, where I was like, mm, maybe okay, maybe okay, the hair, ooh. And, and it's again with the intent and with the context, right? And like an image on the internet, totally out of context. Like when I went to Vietnam in, I was in Sapan, we recorded language stories, right? And Chua, who we spoke with, she was like, oh, tomorrow when we do the interview, we talk. Uh, you can you can wear my clothes, and I would never have asked to do that. I would never ever have suggested like, so can you dress me up or anything like that? But she wanted me to wear her clothes. She wanted me to like feel the the the, the clothes and kind of connect with her in that way. Mm-hmm. She put the clothes on me. We don't know if with Adele, did someone do her hair for her? A black person, I mean, not just someone. Did someone, you know, of that heritage, of that culture, do the hair for her? We don't know. And with this, with again, coming back to the original topic, coming back to the main hot potato <laughs> dish, <laughs> put those sweet potato fries to one side, um, is we don't know the full story maybe of like, this person you know the intent and the context of this mm-hmm. no i think I, th- I think that's the thing and ultimately it is i think the issue the, the problem is that there is sensitivity around that scots about scots wikipedia but the other issue is definitely 
you know, like like the, the linguist said right at the start, is if you've modeled your, you know, if you've taken this as a corpus yeah, of yeah. Scots, then you've, you know, you've just, there's a problem. There's a problem because next thing that happens is imagine you do your linguistic research and then the university press office goes, ah, oh, brilliant, you found something out about Scots Ace. We'll put it on the website. And then it gets yeah. reported in so-and-so. And then it's like, oh, the Scots language works like this and that. And 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 then all of the actual Scots-speaking community might go, what? And it just came off of Wikipedia. I mean, I think this probably wouldn't actually happen because researchers are, is, researchers are probably a little bit more thorough than just that. But you can see where this could lead. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. And I think there's definitely, you know, something like Wikipedia that is so public. It's kind of not the place to show your appreciation or your mocking, whatever <laughs> the antenna is, to, you know, for, for a language that maybe you don't speak fluently at this point. You know, maybe you can. Yeah, why not just collaborate? I don't understand. If you know your Scots native speaker friends or something like that. Like maybe right, don't do it by right. yourself. Maybe actually work with to... people and say, hey, let's, you know, do this collaboratively. True. Which True. is the, I don't know, like I, I sort of put in my notes, like the tragedy of the commons is is that when something's open like this, uh, sometimes it ruins the quality. But sometimes it's it's the way that we, we assure quality. So it's a mystery how society works together. Lindsay, I have a related question for you. Go um, ahead. Or, or like a, a follow-on question. This is maybe not as relevant for Scots, but again, we've talked about Cebuano or let's talk about, let's say, Welsh. Let's say Luxembourgish. Let's say... Oh my God! An indigenous, an indigenous North American language, or something like that. Um, you get, you know, you get a very enthusiastic person writing incorrect language all over Wikipedia. Do you use Wikipedia for learning languages by any chance? Do I? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, like I said earlier on, I, I use it to like read stuff, but yeah. I don't. I never really use it to like, you know, draw from. As like gospel or like you know take it as like okay this is 100% correct and I'm gonna use this yeah like something that's fun with it is to play have you ever heard of like wiki races where you kind of start on one page and your goal is to get to another mm -hmm. only clicking through page by page what so, like six degrees of separation Kevin, Kevin Bacon yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. so you might go from Kevin Bacon to Adele right but you can only click on links that come up on the page on Wikipedia. Dum, 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 dum. It's all right. We're, we're, we're probably with the fluent show going to make it into Adele uh, Wikipedia article, I think. <laughs> so we'll be there. Adele but, was a subject of an in-depth discussion in episode 198 uh, <laughs> of the fluent show. www.fluentshow.com. Oh, hang on, what is Done. it? Fluent.show <laughs> slash 198. So that's, that's kind of like using it for language learning in mm -hmm. a more passive way. Like I'm not taking it and using it for gospel, but I see, I see the point where you're leading, right? Yeah. I've seen you this know. and I don't know if I should name it, but there's a, there's a popular kind of language learning. Um, what do you call them? Software. Uh, that mm. I, I used to really, really enjoy. Um, then they added a Welsh version, got really excited. I looked at the Welsh version. It's full of errors. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard and, you talk about this and before. And that's actually like a language learning device. 
Um, and again, like we were talking earlier about machine translation. So whether it's machine translation or whether it's a very enthusiastic teenager, um, I wonder if the internet is sometimes in in this kind of way that several learning softwares really do just kind of translate and vocab translate whatever it is, and you're just getting a translated dictionary that, that moves a little bit left and right and you can click it. I, also, I, I wonder if that's really all that sensible. It's a big argument for making sure you do not learn just using technology. You learn with a human. Yes. Also, on the topic of what's correct, you're just saying about the mistakes being in the language course, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not doubting what you're saying there, but mistake in a language and like what's correct and what's not I was reading about this this morning in my MA research. Oh, yeah, um, that's it. Yeah. Is it like a, a sort of, how would be a sort of description of this to make it nice and easy? Like a building block. Is it like a building block error of like you know, the actual structure of the language that, you know, because that would be then wrong? Or is it that you've said, for example, uh, I be, I be there? right? Instead of I am there. Well, actually, that's only incorrect if you take a very, you know, no, this is the way, this is the standard way, and this is the only way kind of route. Hmm. But actually, I be there would be correct in certain varieties of English. So therefore, that's not incorrect. So mm, language has variety is, is just what I'm trying to say here, I guess. Yes, and like absolutely. I say, I'm not. I, I'm not doubting no. what you say about the. Oh, I almost said the app, the 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 app. But it's interesting. I don't know with this. Scott oh yeah, thing. I wasn't being okay. I wasn't being prescriptive in that particular context. I wouldn't say that I was being prescriptive because I'm very much like you. I'm on the descriptive side. So I, yeah. for me, it's also if somebody uses a non-standard variant or if somebody speaks in a non-standard, what we might have determined as a standard. Um, variant of a language or or uses colloquial you know things like that and I'm not going to know every single Welsh colloquial but I can tell if if they use d instead of weddy I think that's fairly common and that wouldn't have that wouldn't have thrown me in the same way that wouldn't Mm. have bothered me in the same way Um, I don't know because it's a while ago that I looked at it and then I didn't go back and look at it in great detail and kind of document (laughs) every single they can do that themselves so (laughs) but it's it's yes no I know what you mean I know what you mean I think I think it, there's a real value there's a real richness and this again we're, like it's fun because we're, we can come back to Scots and then we can maybe tie it up in a neat bow um we can come back to Scots uh there's there's real value in teaching a non-standard variant of a language I think it would help to signpost it uh-huh right but I think if we could teach let's say English and say there is African-American vernacular English. That's got rules. This is how that works. There is Scots. This is a, it's a language, language you know, that is yeah, very yeah. English adjacent. I know, what's a language? What's a dialect? Hot potato. <laughs> but, Ooh, you know, got another side there, dish. Just arrived. Exactly. But, you know, if we could say um, the Scouse dialect has this happening with it, that I think it's very, very difficult to do that with English, where you probably would never ever stop teaching. But I genuinely believe if we could make people a little bit more aware of the beautiful variations of language, and if we could come off this this high horse of what's correct, 
Yeah. You know, that's not good because I've often heard people use this and in Toastmasters this happens. So in my Toastmasters, we've got a lot of non-native English speakers and there's this role that every week somebody takes a role called the grammarian, which the the name is grammarian. I don't think it's a great name because really you're just meant to listen out for somebody using language in a way that impresses you. Somebody using maybe rhetorical means or something and you're like, oh, so-and-so used a great rhetorical question at the start. Did you notice? I really enjoyed that. So you kind of, it makes you listen better. It makes you aware. But sometimes I have seen, and this this then happens to the non-native speakers, I have seen somebody taking it upon themselves to point out when a non-native speaker has made a mistake. And it makes me feel mm. so mm. icky. It makes me feel so, well, first of all, we've singled out everyone who's a foreigner in here. Thank you very much. I don't need that. You know, we're meant to be a group. We're meant to be a group where everybody's equal. We don't need to make some people the teachers. And then second, it's just not, I don't know. Sorry, Toastmasters people, you can write in. I don't think it's appropriate. Uh, and secondly, we've, you know, we've like gone chastising people. And I don't think that that is particularly great. But then on the other hand, who knows that that person isn't in an environment where people are not that tolerant yet. Yeah. And the thing is, I guess, bottom line, like you say, wrap it up with a bow-ish. I tried and then I failed, didn't I? <laughs> is that words do have power oh. and language does have power and who uses a language there's you know there's whether there's dominance there mm. or there's there's a lot sorry I've just bought another side dish tie it up with a bow quick <laughs> yes that's it language has power speakers have power and like certain language has got prestige and I think you've made a really good point there because I think as a certain identity of person as a certain label of person you can come in and you'll get more credit for what you do and you'll get you get treated slightly differently and I think maybe a regional somewhat endangered local language variant that community needs to be consulted if you're going to write a wikipedia in their language yeah that's all and that was the scandal, Boom. the Scots Wikipedia shocker scandal. Now, listeners, if you're clutching your pearls, if you're as shocked as we are, <laughs> rest assured, we're going to have a nice breather. We're going to talk about something extremely fun. And Lindsay's going to give me some tips and sort me out. I hope. Uh, the next topic that we kind of wanted to give some attention to in this podcast episode was... Dabbling! Dabbling in a language! What is dabbling? Is it fun? Do you do it? Don't you do it? Lindsay, you're a bit of a dabbler, aren't you? Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. I'll take that label. Tell me what dabbling means to you. Okay, I would describe being a language dabbler as being someone who is kind of endlessly curious about language to the point that you kind of want to learn as much as you can. And as part of that, you then will maybe start kind of looking into one language and learning a little bit, seeing what takes your fancy and then looking into another and never feeling, but I haven't finished that one. So I can't yet look at this one. Does that work as yes. a description yeah yeah absolutely that works that works and to maybe add or um yeah kind of add to the definition I remember do you remember last year I taught a little Welsh class a little Welsh life class mm. and it was called the language dabbler's guide to Welsh 
And in fact, I first called it Language Addict's Guide to Welsh, as in if you, you know, if you feel a bit like a kid in a sweet shop with all languages out there. And some um, early feedback or a comment that I received, which I'm so grateful for and really helpful, um, was, well, if you call it language addicts, then someone who's addicted to drugs, like, maybe think about it. And so they suggested dabbling. I thought, brilliant, let's do that. And in the start of teaching that, I thought about what dabbling is and kind of looked it up. You know, when you, you do the old, what's the dictionary say? And dabbling in anything, like you say, it's to learn, almost learn about it, right? You learn about it by doing it a little bit and you don't have that big expectation of getting anywhere, of getting serious. So if you dabble in a language, you could go for two weeks and just have a little intensive and say, okay, brilliant, that was it. That was me and Swahili in my sweet little love affair right up here. Or you could just play around with it for years and kind of pick it up and let it go. But I think there is a real difference in the expectation that you place upon yourself. And as soon as you say, I'm learning a language, boom, like boom, you boom. say, it sounds, like, yeah, it sounds like you got to finish, right? Mm, Whereas mm. if you're dabbling, then it's different. You get to go slow. You get to indulge your curiosity. And so in a way, in language learning, dabbling is a is a gift to us. Yeah, that's nice. I think, like, we, you know, we were kind of wrapping up that Scots topic by saying, like, you know, words have meaning and mm -hmm. power and weight. And I think dabbler as a word, you know, it takes away a lot of that pressure. Like you say, that comes with saying, I'm learning this language or I speak this language. If you say, I've learned a little bit of this, I've dabbled in this, it's like, whew, weight gone, pressure gone. It's all good. That's true. You know, you could like the how many languages do you speak question. You can just say, oh, well, you know, I've dabbled in 20, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And it does take, it takes your, it takes the pressure off. It takes the pressure off in an awfully nice way. And it makes it, I don't think bragging has the same prestige as we say, I speak a language or I learn a language. And again, that kind of means it's not what you put on your CV, right? It's not what you'd say for everything, but it is something that I think it takes you out of any preconceived notion of what you're supposed to do with the language. Mm. So I guess we're kind of both, we're in favor of dabbling. Now I have a, I have a problem or like a, a, a problem, a, a small problem. Okay. Um, I, it's not really a problem. But it kind of is. You know how life is really short and you want to learn 700 languages? 7,000? Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I know. I seem, when I start with a language, if I dabble around a little bit, uh -huh. I seem to find it hard to, to drop it. Uh -huh. If I then take it from maybe my pre-start dabbling, warm up the engine stage. Yeah. Like preheated the oven and now I'm like, okay, right, we're, we're going to bake a little bit. Boom, cake's in. Yeah. That's right. I do not stop. I find it difficult to, to drop the language. I find it, dif I find it difficult to, to, to dabble. <laughs> I, I, I commit, right? Okay. Once I commit, so, I'm very committed, which I've had this year with Chinese. I really was like, oh, I'm only going to learn Chinese until Easter, maybe. And then I'll, I, wanna, I need to do Italian. I want to do BSL and all oh, Romanian and da, da, da. And then I'm still learning. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still learning Chinese. Why? 
Because I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface. Mm. Mm. Every time I do more, I just realize how much I don't know. Yeah. And And how how much I haven't practiced. How does that make you feel? It's exciting. (laughs) Exciting. Well, then that's fine. Keep going. But but I also want to do 700 other languages. It's just so unsatisfying to me to, to... double and i wish i could okay so what i would say if you do and you want to right well hmm that's a good question do i want to Mm, i don't know because i want to be good at all of them and and why why do okay let's let's i'm I'm gonna keep asking why 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 do you want to be good at all of them why does that matter it's like not to impress anybody else mm. really i don't I, I couldn't care less i think because it doesn't matter to me it doesn't matter what people think to, okay it doesn't matter to me what people think about my russian right yeah. my russian is i can read cyrillic i can say you know the last one was currency exchange <laughs> you know i can sort of say some pleasantries and some absolute essentials and i'm cool with that i don't mind i can you know say I have a cat or whatever, and that, that's fine. Um, but I had to, I remember when I switched from, when I stopped doing Russian because I wanted to start doing Welsh, I had to like take myself through a conversation with myself. I had to really think deeply and kind of let go and almost go through like a little ritual because I felt like, I just feel like I'm leaving so much on the table. And if you leave me now... <laughs> <laughs> Take away the biggest part of me. Totally yeah, do. Okay, okay. So what I would say is if you if you do want to, because there's nothing wrong with that equally. That's the first thing. Like you can totally be one end of that sort of spectrum or the other where it's like one language, 100% commitment for life, L-Y-F-E. Or you can be the other end where you're like, I'm just going to play with this and oh, look at, you know, you can say hello in 300 languages, but nothing more. Totally up to you where you want to fall on that. There's no right or wrong. It just depends what what you're learning for, why it matters to you, et cetera, et cetera, all of that. So that's the first thing. Second thing is if you actually do want to try it and you do want to be like, you know what? I want to give Italian a go for the weekend, or mm-hmm. I want to learn you know, a little bit of BSL and just be able to cut the cord and say right that's it I'm done then what I would say is try setting yourself a like a a kind of time frame so it could be that it's maybe one month and you only focus on that one language but I'd say that that's maybe quite long Mm, like time box it yeah right like my Romanian weekend exactly equally it could be shorter so like a weekend or even a day where you just allow yourself the time to play and to explore and to just learn as much as you can. Well, not necessarily as much as you can because there's pressure. Bum, bum, bum. Just learn what you can and how you want to in that time that you've set for yourself. Because when that day is over or that weekend is over or that week or that month is over, that doesn't mean that that's it. It's done forever. Like Mm. you have created some sort of foundation, even if it feels like you've only laid one brick 
and then you've left it and it's grown moss well Lindsay, Lindsay, the more foundation i feel there is the worse it is to stop it's better if i feel like i've just scratched the surface i've been doing chinese for a year and i still feel like i've only just scratched the surface so if i feel like oh yeah i've got a bit of foundation like i if i want to i don't I can't do that thing where you'll do a little bit so that you feel like, okay, well, I got something out of my time. Like, in a way, the less I feel like I got out of my time in terms of re- result, the better. Because yeah. because otherwise, I'll want... I'll be so like, if, it's too, if it's too satisfying, that's when you want to keep going. If it's too... Is that what you're saying? I think so. If, I think if yeah. I am too effective, yeah, then it's a problem. <laughs> Try that though. Like, you know, just say, okay, this weekend, like I did this in in lockdown, like yeah. at the height of lockdown, where I had um, on FutureLearn, I thought, oh, I've got a bit of spare time. Let's check in and see what I've got. You know how you get loads of courses on FutureLearn that you oh, add, yeah. right? So I've got to see what I've got added there. Oh yeah, okay. I have a look at, oh, Norwegian. Cool. Oh, it expires in like a week. Better get that done. So I just sat for a weekend and learned as much as I could for no reason. I'm not going to go there. Not soon, at least. And it was fun. I really enjoyed it. If I didn't enjoy it, I would have stopped. I would have, you know, not carried on. Mm-hmm. But I still have all those notes. I still have, like I say, just that one brick in the ground. I've barely scratched the surface to the point that it's like still very much a nice clean surface. <laughs> but there's there's something there. There's like, there's a little bit, there's just enough there that if I do want to go back, I can. If I don't, I feel that like like not like the satisfaction that you're saying that makes you want to go and do more but just Mm. enough to be like okay i've spent i've spent a little bit of time with you cool let's see what else is there because there are so many languages out there and you know one of the things that like pains me the most just about life is that i'll never be able to learn them all never mind speak them all never mind speak them all well Hmm. Do, you, do you get that feeling how do you yes it reminds me actually yeah. it reminds me the way when you're talking about it, i realized this is what i used to do when i traveled a lot yeah when i when i used to because i traveled for work right so i could not determine how much time i spend in a country it would be get into a country go to an exhibition place travel to the next city travel to the next city and i would do like norway was a six-day trip where i would do three cities five cities something like that mm. you know it, it, it wasn't like oh, i'm in the country and i'm meeting all the locals it's like i'm meeting the locals because i'm i'm talking to them about my work but i would just do the absolute basics of Norway. that's how i even got into russian because i kept going to kazakhstan and mm. and it was it, it felt very very different it felt very very different so maybe if i just imagine if 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 I set myself a goal and call that goal like I've been there once level of language. <laughs> yeah. If you if you if you work. say, you know, if you tell yourself from the start, like, this is just a weekend, this mm-hmm. is just a one day thing, then kind of maybe you'd feel it less that pull to mm. need to keep going. I'm not I'm not very intense. Like I would not plan a day dedicated to to this and actually do much on that day because i never do much on any one day 
in my languages. Like it's well, ra- maybe rarest day when I do a full hour of something. In that case, go for like a week yeah, where, you yeah. know, you just say, okay, I'm just going to explore some, we'll stick with Norwegian as an example. I'm just going to explore some Norwegian this week. You find some music on Spotify, you find something yeah. to watch, you know, you maybe find like a recipe for like a sort of traditional Norwegian meal that you can make on the weekend. And you just let yourself explore Maybe and it, as part of that, there's there's language there that will kind of just get a bit curious for you. Maybe I could even prepare to teach a Dabla's guide. You know, get a, native, get a native speaker in or a teacher in um, and then learn it as I prep the Dabla's guide and then do it with an expert. You could. That'd be fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I could do like... Dabla's Guide to Catalan and all that stuff because they're not languages where I'm ever thinking like I mean obviously I never thought in my life like oh yeah Mandarin that's on the list like forget it but turns out here I am right and now I'm sucked in and now I've got to do more (laughs) so I just I wanted to I wanted to find a way of of not getting to the point where I want to do more I find it very satisfying to do more because it's 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 incredibly satisfying to get better at something isn't it so Mm. it's but so so it's almost like yeah i need to but you can still get better at welsh and at mandarin yeah at the same time as exploring something else yeah Yeah, i need to okay i really need to do it and it is is exactly what we said at the start right this is the the double you've really gotta you've really gotta tune in to that frequency in your mind you've gotta the double has to be because if it becomes if it becomes something that actually you know like like the thing I think you're talking about the Instagram post that I posted was about Yoruba mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. I'm only I'm only on you know book one chapter one Uh-oh, about danger. greetings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's incredible. I've already learned so much, and I don't know. You know, does that mean how long am I going to keep going with this? Am I one day going to be like fluent? I don't know, but. If that's the path it takes me on, that's the path it takes me on. And I quite enjoy that rather than a very, like we said earlier, like that kind of prescriptive idea of language when it comes to like grammar and correctness, rather than a very prescriptive idea of, no, this language is the next most spoken language that I don't know. So I need to focus all my attention on that. And I need to do X number of words a day and blah, 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 blah. Sometimes it's fun just to let yourself loose a little bit and, you know explore without that pressure but if the if that if that commitment comes then it's okay it's kind of like a try before you buy yes yes okay <laughs> so i have been using it as a try before you buy i think that's what i did with chinese i would it's funny isn't it because mm. had i not dabbled in chinese i would have never started with chinese and now i can you know understand way more mandarin than i ever thought i would in my life so it's mm. kind of gone really well. So you can use it as a try before you buy. I think I was trying to, f- I needed to, in my mind, get to the point where I'm not even doing the try before you buy because I cannot possibly have a buying intention there. It's kind of yeah. like, it's borrow, borrow it for a weekend. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. That makes me feel much, much, much better. So it's kind of like, good, in, good. Not, because I'm, because I've totally bought Chinese and, and, I have definitely bought a Welsh, please. And there are other languages that I've done at times and all that stuff. But yeah, maybe if I just borrow, if I borrow Romanian for a week, that'd be fun. (gasps) Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. (laughs) 
that was a lot of fun. So your double at the moment is Yoruba. You, you're only double. You're like double, pure double at the um, moment. At the moment, like I say, I'm focusing on like routine and time. So I'm just literally going whatever I want to do in this time. It's fine. Um, so yeah, just playing around a little bit of Italian, a little bit of Japanese watching Inori and Death Note as well. A little Ash. bit of Japanese in my book, a little bit Italian. Ah, uh, my... I'm Lou Baker. I'm the <laughs> language, language Lou Baker. She's language Lou Baker. Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> Indeed, your language Lou Baker. Language number five. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we've 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 managed. We've we've defined. I guess the double. We've talked about the double. We've talked about the language Lubega and how you know that, that is, that's perfectly fine as well. And the the funny thing is that doesn't make you like. Award-winning polyglot, f- fluent in 25 languages. But it doesn't make you... I think it's extremely, extremely valid. And it's extremely, extremely fun. And it also, it should... Like, people should get more credit for that, for the doubling. If you're out uh, there yeah. and you're a Lubega of language, <laughs> <laughs> I want to give you some credit. Kudos to you. Well done. Woo! <laughs> I'm with you. And with that, okay, we've managed to tie two very complex topics up into little bows. Listeners, if you're shocked by the Scots Wikipedia shocker, if you're a dabbler, a language new beggar, or maybe like me, you, you, you get serious, you're a committer, let me know and you can let the Fluent Show know in lots and lots of different ways. On Instagram, I am Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore Fluent, and Lindsay is Lindsay Does Languages. There is no Instagram for the Fluent Show and there's not going to be one, just use the hashtag the Fluent Show or send me a message or whatever you want to do i'll see you and we have got a twitter account that is at the fluent show and the show notes and everything lots of related articles and that scots wikipedia shocker data and all that kind of stuff that's all going to be at fluent.show slash 198 this is episode 198 the live stream is just around the corner super super cool please join us for that and of course, also join Language Habit Toolkit Live if you want a little bit of a booster. That's it from me, Lindsay. It is goodbye from me to you. Goodbye, madam. Goodbye. And goodbye from Lindsay Williams. Bye. <laughs> I just said goodbye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, but you have to say it in another language. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> you know how this goes. Yeah. Okay. I, um, okay. I'll do it again. Adios. <laughs> oh my god. God, don't record the week before women in language. Is the, the lesson here? Okay. <clears throat> and it is goodbye from me to Lindsay Williams. Goodbye, madam, and to you listeners. Goodbye and goodbye from Lindsay Williams. Au revoir. Au revoir. There we go. Hey. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review in your podcast app or even becoming a member of our Patreon community where our supporter perks include a secret feed full of added show notes and a VIP option where you can get priority answers to your listener questions on the podcast. 
Don't forget that you can send us your language questions and feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show or Instagram hashtag The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you and read every message and review. See you next week.